through the pandemic, I really started realizing, okay, what I love to create is not necessarily found in a doc, in a task, uh, right? Something on the screen. It's a feeling. And in order to create a feeling, I need to be with other humans in person, in real life. Hello and welcome to Nourish. My name is Kasha and I'm a holistic life coach and second year doctoral student studying acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. My mission with this podcast is to share the stories of inspiring humans who have discovered that elusive state of balance between striving for success and having that sense of interconnectedness and spirituality. Think yin and yang in flow. Now, As a former Silicon Valley burnout SKP myself, teaser, I left the tech world after 11 years of a successful career in product management. I know firsthand how difficult it can be to integrate the two. This podcast shares the stories I wish I had heard when I was struggling to find that balance and flow myself. My hope is that these interviews inspire you and give you the tools to rethink your own approach to mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. And if you are struggling, help you find your way back to authentic alignment. Now sit back, relax, and ground yourself back home, and let's get started. Hello, incredible souls, and welcome back to the Nourish Podcast. I'm your host, Kasha, and I'm so excited to welcome today's incredible guests, guests, plural, yes, which are the beautiful humans behind the Optimist Collective. The Optimist Collective is a community centered in wellness, connection, and growth on a journey towards a more optimistic self. This beautiful community organizes wellness programs, retreats, workshops all over the San Francisco Bay Area, really much of Northern California. And they have an incredible community focused on connection. These two incredible humans that I'm mentioning are Ashley Frabosilio and Libby Craig. They are friends, which you will definitely notice from basically the introduction onward. And they have such incredible set of skills around bringing people together. Ashley is an experienced designer specializing in bringing people together to connect with purpose and delight in our ever-changing world. And Libby is a breathwork facilitator, writer, and community builder. Be sure to check out their full bios in the show notes because we have a lot to get into, y'all. Today's episode is really tangible, and I wanted it to be that way because, y'all, the stats on loneliness and isolation are really, really jarring. 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children, feel serious loneliness. And this is a recent Harvard study. And so community and connection is just so, so important. So I'm so excited to dive into topics, not just around how did Ashley and Libby decide to create the Optimist Collective, what that process looked like to inspire all of you who are looking to connect with others, but maybe have fear around taking that initiative. But we also dive into The Art of Gathering, which is a book that is also referenced in the podcast interview and in the show notes by Priya Parker. Incredible, incredible book. 
But we really talk about the tangible application of that in the context of how the Optimist Collective is organized, how their workshops are designed. This episode hopefully will leave you feeling inspired to take initiative in your own life to create whatever it is that you feel lit up about whether you are looking to do it as a full-time entrepreneur or looking to do it in tandem with a full-time job that you have, that you love. This is such an exciting episode, but before we jump in, one last thing, Ashley and Libby have generously provided this community with 10% off their September retreat, which should be coming up right as this episode airs. So be sure to check out the show notes. It is Nourish Pod, and you can head over to the Optimist Collective to see their upcoming September Nourish Your Soul retreat. I love that Nourish is in there. And now without further ado, let's jump into this nourishing conversation and welcome Libby and Ashley and the Optimist Collective to the Nourish Pod. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for, for having us. us. Okay, was that like synchronized beforehand? I don't think we even planned it. It just happens like that for us sometimes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I feel like that is very representative of the friendship you two have going on and a lot of what you, in my eyes, represent in terms of social connection and just kind of the depth of the friendships that people form at the Optimist Collective. So we have a lot to dive into all about social wellness, connection, and kind of the creation of the Optimist Collective and what inspired you. But before we do that, I want to kick it off with a question that I ask each and every guest. And I've never had three guests. or sorry, two guests. I guess there are three of us on the pod. So this shall be interesting, but could you please share with me three words that you would use to describe yourselves? Yes, definitely. So Libby and I were um, thinking and noodling on this a little bit before, and actually we were starting to describe each other almost um, in some ways. And so, yeah, it's a fun one. I love, it kind of reminds me of like taking a BuzzFeed personality quiz, right? One of those things that spark for you. I think for us, it's being optimistic. I think uh, oftentimes people will say like, oh, you're an eternal optimist. Use words like that. And that's all about outlook and just the kind of appetite. So I think optimist is for sure one that comes up right off the bat. Lily, what's coming up for you? I'll also say generative. I think that when we're together, it's like endless ideas and it's just expansion. And maybe some of that is similar to Optimus, but I think it just feels like, uh, gosh, it feels nourishing, like generative and nourishing. I think I would say also to describe kind of this bond that we have where I just leave feeling so full and like I can do more because Ashley is someone that's so close to me and that I have that like grounding. Yeah. And the nourishment comes in so many forms. Like Mm -hmm. there's all the little micro moments together from voice notes to, um, you know, being able to support each other also when times are tough. Like there's been a lot of ups and downs in the pandemic and especially in the last year starting the Optimist Collective. So nourishment really is important. Um, and it makes, I feel like it makes our relationship and our co-foundery so fruitful because we can lean on each other and that, Uh, really invites ease, which, yeah, nourishment. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, those are probably our three, huh? Oh, I love that too. Very on brand for this conversation (laughs) and to have you both here. All right. So 
I want to start at the very beginning. The Optimist Collective is a community centered in wellness, connection, and growth on a journey where I guess the people who are part of it, part of this community are on a journey towards a more optimistic self, right in line with those words. First of all, I just want to call out what an incredible name for this collective. And I also absolutely adore this mission. Take me back to the start. How did the Optimist Collective come to be? I mean, obviously, you two are very tight. Was it kind of formed out of your friendship, out of a need that you have? I want to hear it all. Yeah, I'm happy to share a little bit. Ashley and I met a book club in 2013 that I was hosting at my house. My roommate, who I had met through a friend um, right after college, worked with Ashley and we were hosting a monthly book club for women and brought Ashley in. And over the next nine years, we kind of co-led this book club together. And through so many changes, life changes for all of the different women in the book club, um, it was really helpful to have that kind of steadfast, intentional group that was meeting regularly. And so we have a kind of story that starts from Uh, fostering connection and the importance of that time together. And Optimist Collective was born out of the need during the pandemic of feeling like we were so isolated. Uh, Both of us, I think, have been on our own healing journeys, you know, separately and, you know, sharing some of it together. And we just found that we were craving, especially during the pandemic, like so many of us were, time to um, come together for wellness, for nourishment, for um, healing. But that power is so amplified in community. And that's why our you know, whole mission is gathering in real life, whether that's uh, weekend retreats or workshops. I love that. And it's just so deeply needed. I mean, you know, we're kind of starting to come out of the pandemic and I can see like in my own experience, but also just like looking at the crazy stats around loneliness and isolation, how 36% of Americans, including about 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children feel serious loneliness. And I mean, this goes even further, like loneliness at work. I mean, it is just profound. And that's, a recent Harvard study, but I've also seen like subsequent Gallup studies on this and just how the pandemic has really affected us. So I'm curious, like as you were creating this community and taking that initiative to put it together, how did it look at first? And I mean, I know a little bit about both of your backgrounds. Were you still operating full time at a company and you're like putting this all out there, doing something completely different? Like walk me through the process of actually organizing the community and how you brought it into the world. Yeah, I think that, man, do those stats hit hard, right? Just thinking through what we've all experienced in our own journeys in the past few years. It's looked different for so many folks. And I think that's part of how we kind of kick things off. So Livy and I both have uh, pups and even just to get really nitty gritty, right? Like we went on a walk with our dogs and we started ideating and brainstorming. What would it look like to have a space where we could gather like this? We're so inspired in our own journeys with different healers, different modalities that we'd experience, whether it be a really transformative sound bath or a container with a coach or maybe deep therapy that lasted several years. Right? We've gone through all these different modalities on our own. 
And we were talking about that, literally walking our dogs, right? All good ideas start from a good shower thought, a conversation with a friend. And that's really where we started building the foundation of the Optimist Collective. So at the time, you know, Libby and I are both working in tech. We're both experiencing, um, you know, the unique cultures being actualized from our nine to fives, if you will, right? Our corporate jobs. And we were craving so much more that we might not have gotten in our current relationships or um, the structures that we were a part of. And so we started this thing really with brainstorms. We actually hosted a focus group with some folks that we love um, who are either practitioners, have held spaces to gather folks around community and connection, around different types of healing, and then also just some friends who right, we knew were craving more. So we started really there. We were both working these jobs. We're both uh, doing lots of ideation together and we gathered to see, okay, what are other folks in our circles feeling? And as community builders in our day jobs, uh, we knew that we could just start. And I think taking the first step of just gathering folks together, putting pen to paper, in this case, it was uh, colored construction paper that like really fueled our inner child creativity and markers, right? And putting pen to paper, writing down like, what are things we want to feel? How do we really see things coming to shape in our day to day that inspire us in this way that make us feel more connected with ourselves or with others? And really from the dog walks to the coloring book pages of getting things juicy, we started to build a plan and we decided to start with retreats and we uh, kind of Libby can speak to this a little bit more of the practical side of things, but we reached out to folks that we know and love and um, retreats were really our first experience we designed together outside of our book club. And they're such a sweet, sweet, special container that we both experienced and found really deep benefits from. So that's kind of where it started. We're working our jobs. We're walking our dogs, had a focus group, right? Pen to paper. And we started to build a plan. And um, that really, that actualized pretty quickly in a matter of just a few months for us. Um, Maybe Libby, you could share a little bit more of kind of what that looks like with retreats. Yes. So I think that some of the most like powerful and healing work that I've done has been on retreat and specifically with this women's coach that I was working with. And I got introduced to that coach through my friend, Anne. Anne and I worked at YouTube together. Uh, We met because we were on the coordinating committee for YouTube's Women's Summit. And we led a workshop together on building a community of women. And since left YouTube to be a full-time coach, I have left Google more recently. But she was the first one that I thought of for us reaching out to in terms of our network of facilitators. And it was really um, important for us to work with her first. And so she um, and brought in her friend and co-facilitator, Joe to be our first facilitators for our retreat in March. We're working with, with them again in the fall. And I'm also a breathwork facilitator as well. So I had been leading groups and working with uh, a company, a meditation company, leading breathwork for a while before. And so, yeah, we Ashley and I both had a bit of a network of kind of folks in the wellness space, but also it was just like going to a yoga class, 
feeling a connection with that teacher's, you know, what they were sharing in class and their style and just walking up and introducing ourselves and saying, do you have any interest in chatting with us about this thing that we're building? I think that's something that we're really proud of is kind of the bias towards action and just like not being afraid to put yourself out there and try. And folks are so kind. Like we love collaborating. That's a big part of our brand. It's not all about us. It's about all of the huge range of modalities that different healers, practitioners offer. I love that. And I'm so excited to dive into a bit more around how you specifically design these retreats and these workshops, because as somebody who has experienced them, I think that they're they're very, very unique. But before we dive into that, I want to actually kind of circle back to this whole period of transition, because a core theme of the Nourish podcast and what inspired me to create it is really to connect with other inspiring humans who are starting to balance kind of those two sides of themselves. Like that side that is like, you know, the traditional climbing the ladder success driven side with the side that really listens to those inner yearnings, those callings, maybe like that intuitive side, a little bit more flowy, which many times can feel like at odds with one another, if that makes sense. I see you're nodding your head. So I think it makes sense. And one of the things that I'm so curious about is you're both coming from, you know, now you're really owning this side of yourself as you, Libby, are a breathwork facilitator. You're both organizing this incredible community that is really deep in the wellness space. Some may call some of the themes a little bit esoteric, depending on who you're talking to. And I'm curious, what was the process of really diving into that and putting it out there, especially when at the time you know, you hadn't fully transitioned into what it is you're doing now and creating this beautiful community and brand. You know, were there doubts? Were there also fears, you know, going from something as predictable? I used to work in the tech world as well. Like as, you know, let's say a Microsoft where everything is preset, you know where you're going next, but now you're starting something from scratch. It's so different. It's not like the next unicorn in Silicon Valley for anyone out there who's listening. Like it is a unicorn in a way, but you know what I mean, where it's not about necessarily raising billions of dollars to make this thing happen. It's about bringing something that lights your soul on fire to life. So can you talk about what it was like really leaning into that and also kind of imagining what it could be and creating what you did today? Yes. Um, You know, I think it was a a long, uh, circuitous process that honestly, uh, both of us in some ways are still in the midst of. But I think, I guess just speaking personally, I always felt like I had these dual sides that I didn't know how they would be able to fit together. And I'm also, um, for any astrology fans, I'm a Virgo sun and a Sagittarius moon. And the Virgo is quite like, organized, a little bit more structured, a little bit more by the book. And I would say that is the side that like wants to stick with the traditional route that's safer. And Sagittarius is quite like grass is always greener. I need adventure and freedom. And I could not resonate with those two sides more and like kind of the duel between them. But I guess over time, what I've realized is there's such like a beautiful wholeness in integrating our different parts. And it started as kind of like in between jobs, tech jobs. I did a yoga teacher training because I had a couple of weeks off before jobs. And so like slowly dipping toes in. Um, When I was at Google, I, I got really interested in 
breath work because of a coach that I was working with and just the transformative qualities of it and did a training, you know, while I was still there, started facilitating while I was still there and found that I was able to balance. And then I think really what the pandemic did for so many of us was have us really take a hard look at our how we're spending our time and just question if this is how we want to live with our most intention and what feels most aligned to us. And for some people, that absolutely is working a more traditional job that allows them flexibility, freedom, or just really lights them up and they feel invigorated by it. And being able to then take weekend retreats and do beautiful things that restore them and fill all their parts. In my personal experience, I did like decide it was time to, to kind of take a leap. But, you know, Ashley and I are in different situations. And I think both are possible for, I think, not even both. I, I think it's too limiting. Like, there's such a range of beautiful ways to walk this path of what feels most aligned to us with these different parts of us. I love that. And Ashley, now I'm going to have you speak to it as well, but you have to give us your Zodiac signs as well because we've gone there. So you have to fill us in too. <laughs> totally. Um, by the end of this conversation, I feel like everyone could probably predict our Zodiac signs. Um, I'm a Libra. Yes. And I would say, yeah, so I, I'm kind of in this other category too. And to Libby's point, it's such a range, right? I have worked at really fast growing unicorn. I worked at Uber for many years, right? That's like a brand name of like that unicorny tech culture. And the things that I loved about that, I find now doing with Optimus Collective. So it's that building, like I really, really crave creation at the end of the day, like I'm calling in right from my office here in San Francisco and I've re-wallpapered the wall behind me like several times during the pandemic. I love change. I love creation. And I get a lot of that actually from my kind of corporate life. And through the pandemic, I really started realizing, okay, what I love to create is not necessarily found in a doc, in a task, uh, right? Something on the screen. It's a feeling. And in order to create a feeling, I need to be with other humans in person, in real life. And so in so many ways, I think some of what Libby touched on and what really resonates with me is I am like super juiced up. I'm excited. I'm like, I get so uh, nerdy. I totally nerd out on my day job. And I love it. And I love the people I work with more than anything. Like these humans are so fantastically thoughtful and brilliant. And I'm always learning from them. And all of that can be true at the same time that I need more. And I need not necessarily more in like a more money, more this, more that. I need more in terms of things that just fill me a little bit 1% a day. And I found that like the creation of community and a feeling in person is something that in this current landscape of my life, I'm not going to get from um, my day job necessarily, but I can get it in a different way. And then for me, Libby knows this as a Libra, I love balance. I love the practical application. I love like the calendaring, the operations of my life. Um, and maybe folks who are also a little bit on that like OCD spectrum there with me will get it. But like, yeah, right. I love to block the time. I love looking forward to knowing okay, I spend two hours in the morning. That's my most creative time. I love the silence of the morning. I love to like sip my coffee and my tea and 
build things and come up with ideas. And then in the afternoon, I like to be more pragmatic and operational. And for me, it came down to really tactically speaking, doing both. I block the time, right? Like I love knowing that, okay, whatever I want to choose each day as my most important, let's say two things to do, I'm going to make sure that time is actually prioritized. So whether it's creating like a fun reel on Instagram with like all the beautiful humans that just came to our self-care summer finale experience, or it's having to put together a spreadsheet for a budget for my corporate job, I'm able to really design my day in a way that supports both. And more than both, walking my dog, making sure I have a time to, you know, get some steps in, get a sweat, maybe right? Like all the different things. I love to dip my toes in the ocean once a week. It's really important to me. So carving out the time, I just think really pragmatically helps. And it supports that kind of fueling the creation, fueling that intention to reality. And it's not easy, like just so straight up without Libby. And for me, it's that companionship. It's the partnership. I feel encouraged. I feel supported. I feel Um, accountable and celebrated. And that is really important. I think um, I couldn't have done this alone and I I wouldn't have done it alone, even in the future, looking back at any time, like having Libby as my partner in crime and partner in thought has been such a huge, huge factor for me being able to really kind of feed that fire that is the creation. I love that. And I'm so happy to have you both actually as examples of like two different paths, right? Because they're different. They have many parallels. And yet you literally chose three words to describe yourselves collectively as opposed to individually for this particular interview, which I adore. And I think it's important to call out because I think there's this misconception that to have freedom or to live your authentic life, you have to, quote, be an entrepreneur. And that's not true, right? Like there are so many people who just want a very specific path and it might be the path less traveled. It might be the path most traveled. I mean, here in the Bay Area, that path looks very different than perhaps somewhere else in the world. So I think it's important to, as you both mentioned, just recognizing what is most important for you. And I love that you both called that out. All right. Talking about connection, since you both have made it so clear how pivotal your connections with each other has been on your lives and on the collective, I want to talk about the unique approach that you both have taken with the Optimist Collective around how you design the programming, meaning that I've found, at least in my experience participating, that the format is unique where I felt like I was A, connecting to myself, but B, also connecting with others. It was very different than just a standard meetup experience. And even though I only went for a one-day workshop, I felt by the end of it, like I had connected on a deeper level with the people there, which a lot of the times can be difficult to do, especially if you're just like, let's say you're in a yoga class. You don't necessarily walk out of that yoga class, a standard yoga class, not the Optimist Collective one, getting to know people. And so I would love to hear your thoughts around the intention you put in the structure and what you maybe noticed was really moved the needle around cultivating connection and community in the events that you organize. We could nerd out on this topic all day. So I just love this question. Um, and it really sparks for me. And Libby, I feel like uh, we're going to have a lot of juicy nuggets here for us that, you know, 
there's not one way, right? There, I think the abundance of creative options of how to design something is really part of the journey. Like we have tweaked all the little things over time um, and, we're, and we're still doing that now even. Um, but it, it, for us, it really came to how do we want to feel? Like getting back to that feeling, right? How do we want folks? What are some words? What are just the ways we want folks to feel walking away from this that we're not getting from other parts of our life, right? Because that's what the gap is all about. Um, so speaking to like that loneliness, right? You might be in a yoga class with tons of other humans, you know, but if you're leaving and it's filling only part of that cup, right? Like there has to be more. So for us, it's super intentional. We spent a lot of time ideating, testing, um, also experiencing a bunch of uh, all the other brilliant, beautiful folks in the wellness space, like workshops, et cetera, to see like, what else is out there? How are things finessed? And for us as community builders, it comes down to really designing an experience that has both the inward journey and the kind of connection with others. So there's a connection with yourself that occurs in all of our experiences, that time and prioritization of creating a moment and space for like inward reflection, and then also connection with another human. And that is something that I feel like really seems simple, right? Like, does it sound simple? Like, okay, we have a moment for ourselves. We have a moment to connect with another person, but really being thoughtful and um, intentional about creating that space and holding the space in support of others. It's what makes it, I think, just such a magical experience. Yeah. Libby, I would love to know kind of your thoughts on our design process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, well, one book that I should shout out is The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. It's really wonderful. Ashley and I both love it and just makes you think uh, more deeply about why do I leave some dinner parties or events that I was looking forward to for so long, feeling just like a little bit unsatisfied. And I think it's similar with kind of the feeling of maybe the yoga classes that you're speaking to. I think sometimes just going to get our solo time, like that is what we're looking for and that's fine. But for the Optimist Collective experiences, like I think there are tangibly a few things that we'll say. I think we like to bake in the spaciousness to have some element of mingling before and after, right? And that's like baked into the time so that people aren't in a rush, like getting get out. I have, you know, I'm an overscheduler. So I always have things like booked to the <laughs> to the minute um, after, you know, a, a said event is supposed to end. So baked in time, like nourishment, which I know that you understand, Kasha, we like to have warm drinks and, you know, small snacks for after an experience. And part of that's to feel nourished inwardly and also to encourage that staying and chatting. We encourage things like dyad sharing, letter writing to yourself, like very tangible elements that we have baked into the program for fostering inward and outward connection. And then kind of the the real main event of any experience differs. And I know that you experience a, a breathwork session at Redmond that we did, but we also work with sound healers, um, yoga practitioners, sexual empowerment coaches, and a huge range of, of folks to offer a variety of modalities for that inward connection, but again, doing it together in community. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll say, Libby, is like, there's just something so sweet and powerful about 
practicing in community. Like at the end of the day, I think that that's what really, when you walk away from um, one of our sessions, like you just had this experience with all these other humans in the same space and time. And then you, you know, you walk away wanting more of that. And that's like, that's the thing we, so many of us have been missing during the pandemic that maybe we're not finding necessarily in some other kind of containers of our day to day. So it's really powerful to see people dedicate the time, right? They're showing up for themselves. Yes, we design these amazing elements and spaciousness, but there's something so powerful about the fact that folks said, hey, like I'm worthy, I deserve this. I'm gonna go and spend my time and energy maybe trying something new, stepping out my comfort zone with people I don't even know, right? Strangers. And then knowing that they start as strangers and they leave with smiles on their faces as friends is just like so corny and cliche, but I cannot describe another better feeling. It's incredible. It is quite incredible. So I actually want to push the envelope or needle, or I don't even know what the term is on this a little bit, because I think Libby, you actually briefly spoke to the idea of, you know, in some dinner parties, some dinner parties, you leave feeling so connected and others you leave feeling, you know, a little like, I don't really know who I vibed with there, what happened, right? And so I'm so curious, and maybe it's just like your magical touch. So we could just like leave it at that. But have you noticed like any kind of unique patterning around, you know, you mentioned having space and time, nourishment, and that piece of self-reflection. So really looking at like that space and the time. Is there something you know, built into that as well around the design, such as the number of people who participate or just by default, because this is, you know, some of the topics push the envelope a little bit. So it attracts a specific audience. And like, maybe there isn't a formula that you quote have mastered, but I would just love to explore and like have this conversation around, you know, why are some of those quote dinner parties so nourishing and others are not? And obviously you two have, your own secret spice to that because I noticed at the event itself, you were walking around, you were starting conversations with people. Like, is it the initiators that kind of connect people prior to the actual activity that make the difference? Like, what are some of the things that have really like influenced how people feel in terms of connection? Because I too have found it's not a default. Even if there's like, you know, the little networking event before the actual, you know, event, sometimes it's just empty. Totally. And I mean, right, like raise your hand while you're listening to this. If that's you, give yourself a squeeze. Like it's so normal. Um, I really, I really feel like when we, when we were starting this out and really reflecting on our own individual journey, something that came up a lot for us was the ease we feel when being guided. And so a big part, I think of like what makes something like an Optimist Collective experience different than a dinner party or brunch or a group trip, let's say, right? Or yoga class. It's feeling guided, right? There's a certain level of underlying curiosity that people come with and then they're guided. Like things are taken care of for you. You can show up and as, and it's not just us. So like, I I feel like a shout out to all of our partners and facilitators and beautiful guides, right? It's feeling though that kind of level of baseline safety that someone's going to guide you through the journey and whether that is like prompts and dialogue shares and dyads, right? Being guided in something, it allows us to have a certain level of release that we're taking care of. 
And I think that at a dinner party, right, a level of that is missing sometimes. We're expected to like show up and turn ourselves on, right? I'm smiling. I'm talking to people. Okay, how's the weather? What do you do for work? If you live in LA, the question is, where do you live, right? These questions that come up that for me, they spark a lot of anxiousness. Like, man, is someone going to judge me about what I do for work? Or is my job not cool enough? To your point earlier, am I not an entrepreneur enough for this? Like, all that stuff, I get inside my head at like a happy hour or a dinner party. These experiences, and I encourage like the other designers out there, right? It's like creating that guided experience. So that way folks can really feel taken care of and they can just show up as themselves fully. And that will look really different depending on the modality, right? But they can just show up and they have that baseline level of curiosity and then we guide them. So there's, there's nothing to do, but just be. And that is something that Priya Parker mentioned specifically in the book is like as a host, it's very kind of you to create structure and your guests actually want that. And sometimes that can feel kind of like awkward and over, I don't know, overstructured, like something like that for a dinner party. But I'll just give like a quick example that I had a dinner party the other week and we had the cards, we're not really strangers out not to play the game with a group that big, we couldn't, but because I wanted to take out a couple of prompts that would help people go a little bit deeper. And I think most people want to, but they're looking to be guided there. And so the question that came up was, what question has been most on your heart lately? And I think the first three people that were there, we talked about it. And then as other people came, it was kind of just, I heard different conversations where they were talking about that. And I'll draw the parallel to with the Optimist Collective events, dyad sharing is really important. And I'm someone who can be introverted sometimes, can like to keep my head down, like, oh no, don't make me speak to someone in this class. Like, this sounds like, you know, scary. But Every time that I'm prompted to do that and turn to someone next to me and speak to them for 60 seconds about a prompt that we give you, not talk about anything, that can be kind of like, oh, what am I going to say? But a very specific prompt, you know, like, when have you felt most connected to yourself? Um, Like, what's a time? Like, can you share about that? Here's, you know, 60 seconds to turn to your neighbor, that it's really beautiful to see those connections forming in the beginning of a session of a workshop to feel some grounding in the space and some connection. And how we hear people asking that, you know, at the very end of a session, an hour and a half later, continuing to work through those prompts, have a prompt kind of in their back pocket that everyone's thought about that they can use as a conversation starter. So that's just a tactical example. I love that. I think that will be so, so helpful for people listening to this who perhaps do not live in the area and cannot attend a Optimist Collective workshop. And, you know, with those stats on loneliness, I love being able to leave our listeners with some tangible tools for whether they're organizing a dinner party or just want to build a community around anything to actually know what can, you know, what they should think about. And we'll definitely put that book in the show notes. Uh, I love that book. So we definitely will. Oh my gosh. So I could speak with you both forever. (laughs) We could just keep going, but I want to be mindful of time. So 
I am sure you have a lot to share about what is coming up. And that is something that I am so beyond pumped to dig into. So tell me what is new and exciting in the world of the Optimist Collective? How can people find you? And what do we absolutely need to shout out for folks that are located in the Bay Area to attend uh, in the near future? Yes. I just want to say this has been such a sweet, sweet conversation as well. Like I can think, I think you can tell through the enthusiasm of our voices, right? In the headphones and on the speakers at home for listeners. But I mean, we're just so passionate. This is a topic that I think we could totally go on and on about and that just taking a moment, like if we can encourage anything at the end of this, like just take that moment for yourself, get curious. There's so many spaces out there. If you're in the Bay Area, come and see us. You can definitely follow us on Instagram at the optimist collective. Um, we also love to create, um, different content with our partners. We partner with so many incredible folks, prompts, um, and opportunities to kind of stay inspired as well, just day to day. So definitely follow us there. And really soon we have our beautiful retreats, which are just a incredibly special container and actually our spring retreats. So we have our fall retreats coming up at our spring retreats. We have lots of folks from out of town, folks fly in to join us, a road trip with a friend, etc. And so retreats are a really special space to just have that kind of more extended intentional time for healing, for community, for so much nourishment, like even just on the menu level, Libby and I are very (laughs) proud of all the delicious food, hot tubs, um, and just really special moments there. So retreats are an incredible container, great for folks who are not in the Bay Area as well. Yeah, Libby, what should we add? So many good things coming up. Yes. So the Nourish Your Soul Retreat is September 9th through 11th. It's at Be Love Farm, uh, delicious farm to table meals. It's a full moon. We have a beautiful Satya Yoga experience, three-hour workshop with our facilitator, Leia Leis, and a breathwork workshop as well that will be led by myself. Ashley's leading a fire release ceremony that will be extra powerful under the full moon. And we have uh, an amazing astrologer, Bruna Maya, who's local. And Dr. Joyce Marr is doing amazing lymphatic drainage treatments as well. So it's a whole mind, body, soul nourishment. We have a few spots left for that. Um, And then in September, we're actually doing a pop-up with SF LGBTQ Center in San Francisco. And uh, Jen Winston, who's one of our favorite authors, Jen wrote a book called Greedy, Notes from a Bisexual Who Wants Too Much. And it was really, really powerful. It's hilarious. Um, It's a memoir. But as someone in the bisexual community, it actually is the largest percentage of all of the letters of LGBTQ, but often the one that is the least talked about, the one where there aren't a lot of intentional spaces created for folks who identify as bisexual. And so we are really excited to host a number of events, including a couple of free workshops, a breathwork workshop, a reading with Jen Winston, generous on on Instagram. She's hilarious. And so she'll be in town for uh, two events, both a writing workshop that we're doing at a beautiful wine bar in the Castro and a a book reading as well. So those events are happening in September and we would love to see any folks there. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You'll see me there. And I'm going to give a shameless shout out right away that the Optimist Collective has offered this community 10% off on their September Nourish Your Soul retreat, which will all be linked in the show notes. The code is NourishPod. So be sure to check it out. And I cannot wait to see you there if you are listening to this. And for all the listeners who, you know, want to fly in, please do that. But if you are out of town, won't be able to join for whatever reason, I hope this conversation has completely inspired you to really take initiative around forging community and connection and or creating whatever it is that lights up your soul. I mean, this has been so inspiring for me speaking with you both. And I just love meeting with other creators, people who are, you know, just living their most authentic lives. So I'm certainly inspired. Thank you so much for speaking with me, ladies. Thank you. We're so grateful. It's amazing to see these connections formed in real life. And here we are now. So can't wait to meet so many more folks and lots of good stuff to come. Thank you for having us. Yay. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Nourish. If you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a positive review. Your rating really helps the podcast grow and your feedback means the world to me. I publish new episodes twice a month, so hit the subscribe button to be notified. Finally, if you'd like to learn more about the work I do as a holistic counselor or to connect, please head over to my website, or my Instagram at Mira underscore wellness underscore co. I love speaking with each and every one of you. Thanks again for being a listener and see you next time. Bye.